Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Out on a Limb podcast, where we have a special guest today. Joining us from Charlotte, North Carolina is Adrian Craighead, who is the founder of Torchbearer Tachyon, the first tachyon chamber in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, which is what you see in her background. Like moi and many of you, Adrian was raised in a very conservative Southern Baptist, in her case, uh, Christian household. And so we're going to find out how she managed to um, open herself up to contemplating tachyons at this stage in her life. So we're excited to hear that whole story and to get a tour of the tachyon chamber. And for all of you lucky people that live in the vicinity of Charlotte, you might even go and check it out. Will and I have checked that out mm-hmm. a couple months ago, yeah. and it was extremely powerful, very relaxing. Uh, and we even got some good information from the Pleiadians about it because mm-hmm. they're the ones um, who kind of work with the tachyons in that way. Uh, so that chamber is a good way to connect with the Pleiadians if any of you guys out there have that as your starseed family. So Adrian, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It is such an honor to be on with you, Dr. Allison and Will Brown and Samantha. Such a great time to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. So let's start out with that that background because i remember the way we met was that you and your mom came down to bliss spiritual co-op which we've mentioned before down in mount pleasant south carolina uh, because you had heard about my book the first book uh the journey within which is about reconciling our conservative christian background with our spirituality that was my story Um, And you were interested in that as well, because it was your story. And your mom was still very much um, involved with the Christian church. And so you kind of wanted to gently introduce her to the information in that book. Uh, And during that time, though, we were doing a channeling down at Bliss, and we ended up talking, I think, to the Pleiadians. You had asked a question about the Tachyon Chamber, right? That's exactly right. So just to backtrack a little bit, Allison, your book has been such an empowering Um, volume of wisdom for me. And I ended up buying a copy of it for my mom so she could have it at her house in Somerville, South Carolina. And she's tiptoed around a few chapters, but she's also not big into reading. She's more of a TV person. But from time to time, I'll say, oh, you know, mom, this isn't that book. It's, you know, it's chapter 11. So that's good for her to have a reference and resource on hand. But to explain that upbringing. I think so many of your audience will relate to growing up with just one flavor of Christianity that was offered. And if you didn't buy into that, then you would definitely be eternally, you know, um, burning in a pit of fire. And you weren't even supposed to like sniff around the other flavors of Christianity because, you know, it might be risky. So it's amazing that I, um, felt brave enough to step outside of that, but I also felt a very personal relationship with my maker as a child. And I just felt like, oh, you know, this this God up in the sky, this magic old man with a white beard, he's not gonna penalize me just just for asking my Mormon friend what they believe, or just for asking my Jewish friend what they believe. And um, when I got to college, I was more bold and asked a lot more questions and started to discover the world of metaphysics. Mm. So what was the first thing that you sort of started investigating in that realm? So one of the questions I really wanted to know from my um, from my Jewish friends in high school were, were, you know, what did they think of Christians and what, what was their story about Jesus? And um, as I started to investigate other, you know, religions that are really prevalent in America, from Presbyterian to Jehovah's Witness to Baha'i and Unitarian and such, I discovered that so much of the world's religions that I was exposed to had core beliefs and core values in common. Um, I thought it fascinating that so many of the other world religions had maybe a story of a virgin birth or a story of a great teacher who could perform miracles. Um, Just there were so many similarities. And I think I couched it to my mom and dad in terms of, oh, well, this is just a world religion class. Like this is needed for my degree. You know, Um, (laughs) I got a journalism degree, so it totally wasn't needed for my degree. (laughs) Fascinating. And it helped me be um, more knowledgeable about what questions I wanted to ask and what questions I wanted to pose. And just to 
to, for the record, to this day, my mom and dad still go to that same Southern Baptist church in Somerville, South Carolina. It's the biggest one in town. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel really great going back and visiting there because I've come to where, Allison, because of your book and being able to kind of reconcile both worlds, um, feel really comfortable there and just realize people are at different parts of this journey. And I'm comfortable with being with people no matter what part of the journey they're on. That's beautiful. Thank you for that. And that's oh, part of why I love who you are uh, and some of the things that you've overcome and the way that you are able to still trust and surrender, which I want to get into later. Um, because it did take me a while personally to, you know, I went from expanding my Christian box, but there was a part of me that was very angry about some of the things, the information that was held back from us and still is. Um, and the way that people were treated and scared that, you know, you can't even question these things. You can't investigate anything. You can't explore things that might strengthen your relationship personally with God, uh, or Jesus or the angels or mother Mary, or any of those figures that you had to go through the church or you were condemned. And I, and I think that does a disservice. And so there was a part of me that was angry and it took me many years to finally be able to be okay with it and understand that everybody is on their own journey. We've all signed our own contract and, you know, there are many paths to God and to reconciliation with our divine self. But yeah, I did have to go through that anger first. And it sounds like you may have bypassed that a good deal. Yeah, that's an interesting, um, that's an interesting notion that you bring that to light. You know, one of the friends I'm in a group, a dream weaving group, and one of the friends in my dream weaving loom, she just got a tattoo and it's the word love over fear. Mm. And um, I think about that word fear a lot and how it's just utilized as such a powerful motivator, but um, it's, it's definitely kept so many people in between the lines because they're afraid of being cast out of their family or their church or their community, afraid of eternal damnation and afraid of so much. And um, when I think about who Jesus and Christ consciousness represents, it is always love over fear, always. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So it sounds like you first started exploring within the religious framework in terms of all of the different denominations and branches and so forth. So what, where did you start to dabble into the actual metaphysics for us, it was Reiki for many people. Yep. It's Reiki, yep. uh, which stemmed from hands-on healing within the church for me. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it's from a dark night of the soul. Like Samantha had talked about in a previous episode, did you have a dark night of the soul or how, how did you get into actual metaphysical practices? You know, I can think of a few key pivotal moments in life. One was as a high school student and playing with a Ouija board and thinking, you know, there was people burned at the stake for this. So there was a lot of others very frightened of, you know, witchcraft and Ouija boards. And I started to think about um, what would cause people to burn other people at the stake. And if that fear is that real and that palpable, maybe there's something here. Maybe there is something to the dark arts, but I just put it away in a box of like, okay, that's, um, I won't play with this Ouija board too much. I won't play with this tarot deck too much. I'm curious about it. I want to read my horoscope, but I'm not going to embrace this as my lifestyle. So then fast forward to being out of college and being in a job that was a sales job. And it felt like in this sales role, sometimes the biggest battles weren't outside of the building where I was, you know, competing. I sold radio commercials. And so you think, okay, outside the building, she's competing with TV ads and newspaper ads and billboard ads. And the internet wasn't like a thing at the time, but no, I had more, more struggle inside the building. It was all of us on the sales team, like eight or 12 of us competing for the same clients. And one of the girls that became a mentor to me taught me about, you know, this abundance mindset. She's like, Adrian, you don't have to scrap and, and grind it out. Like there's plenty of clients for everyone. There's plenty of business for everyone. And I'm like, but, but if they take this account away from me and she started to say, have you heard of the law of attraction? No. Have you heard of Esther Hicks or Abraham Hicks? No. And so I was exposed to probably in my mid twenties, some of the law of attraction and Esther Abraham Hicks materials. And I was just really blown away at the possibility that this could be true. And the more I felt into the material and the more I learned of the material, it did feel true. But I wouldn't say I was really launched on my metaphysical path um, until 
probably about five years before COVID. Um, during that time, you guys, I did have a dark night of the soul and I was um, deep in depression and, and struggling with anxiety. And I went to search for some things that would give me some relief that weren't things I had already tried. And I started to find um, energy work, like my I had my first Reiki healing during that time, which gave me so much relief and assistance and support. Um, I, I tried hypnotherapy, um, acupuncture. Um, a lot of people will you know resonate with this journey that I went to my chiropractor. There's great relief there. And then, um, you know, over the years of trying different tools and figuring out which ones work for me, the one that really hit a home run for me, and it was, it was now fast forward, we are in the year 2021 of COVID. It was trying tachyons. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you guys a little bit of that story. I think Will and um, Allison have heard it, but Samantha, it, it was a friend of mine named Rachel who said, hey, have you ever heard of a tachyon chamber? I'm like, tachyon, like, how do you spell that? T-A-C-H-Y-O-N. She goes, it's it's a sort of an energy, but it's not truly an energy particle. It's more of a consciousness. And when you experience tachyon, it infuses your living matter with like spiritual energy. It's able to kind of be a binder between love and light and 3D matter. And I'm like, this sounds like something out of Star Trek. Where, where are you going to this tachyon chamber? And she goes, well, it's about a four and a half hour drive outside of Charlotte. We're going to go up to Waynesboro, Virginia. So even if you decide not to do it, let's go on a weekend road trip. I'm like, I'm in. Which so is I an, interest, an interesting tidbit, sorry to interrupt you, is that my dad was raised in Waynesboro, Virginia, and it's a tiny little town. It's a it was back town, then, yeah. <laughs> and it still is this tiny little town. And here yeah. they are with a tachyon chamber, right? Exactly. And, you know, I remember talking to the founder of that tachyon chamber on the phone. His name is Dr. Joe McNamara. He was born in Ireland. And he decided to, he was always an emergency room physician in Ireland. And when he came to the States, he started a family practice, Anamkara, um, which means, you know, spiritual friend. Um, he decided to retire from that practice when he lost his wife and became a widow and really doubled down on his interest in metaphysics. He'd always loved crystals. He'd always loved feng shui, just recognized there is an energy beyond what science can really pinpoint just yet. So he opened that tachyon chamber and um, was truly intentional when he named his practice Tachyon Counseling, still open today in Waynesboro, Virginia. So Rachel and I go tra traipsing into Tachyon Counseling and we meet Dr. Joe McNamara. And Rachel's going to go first in the tachyon chamber and have, you know, 20, it, it can be like a 20 minute session. Um, 40 minute session, hour session. And so I'm talking to Dr. Joe on the outside. And when I see her float out of the room, she looks like she's high. She just is like levitating with the biggest grin on her face. And he's like, so what do you think, Adrian? Are you going to go? And I'm like, absolutely. What, what is this? And I remember, you know, in his chamber, you don't sit in a chair, you lay down. And I got situated under the pyramid. And he left the room and said, okay, I'm going to set a timer. We'll see you in a little bit. Enjoy your rest. And I felt like, okay, I feel this. I feel this energy. This is, this is really woozy. I feel kind of heavy. And I felt like I was getting warm. My body was getting warm and I was kind of melting into the mat. And then I was like really melting, like, oh, it's accelerating. I'm melting into the floor of this room. And then Suddenly it got really accelerated, you guys. And I almost got a little fearful. I was melting like into the earth. And I just about sat up and was like, Dr. Joe, Dr. Joe, turn, you know, turn this down, whatever this is. I think you got it set too high for me. But I just heard my inner voice say, just breathe, trust, breathe, trust. So I had the most amazing astral journey that I had ever had. And I wondered if I was asleep. And when it was time to wrap up my first visit, I was just astonished. And I was like, how long was that? And he's like, oh, you were probably in there 30 minutes. And I was like, honestly, Dr. Joe, I feel like I was there for hours. Mm -hmm. 
And um, so we decided, yes, we're going to come back. We had four visits in one weekend in his tachyon chamber. And as we drove back to Charlotte, again, four and a half hours away, I remember saying to Rachel, we need one of those in our city. That helped so much with my anxiety that I want to go, I want to go every day. And she just laughed and said, yeah, like bad chance of that. And I, I'm like, we'll see. We will see. So that's where Allison and Will come into the picture. And so that yeah. was at that point, I, I remember you going to Waynesboro and telling me about it. But I think when we met at Bliss, you had not uh, started your own yet. Correct. And I had not started my own yet. So here we are down at Bliss and she, and I want you to ask this question, but this is hysterical. So she brings her mother, this Christian, beautiful woman, I don't know, late 60s, 70s. Yeah. And we know why that her mother is a Christian. And so at those events, when we do channelings, we, everybody writes their question on a card. So I'm scanning through the cards at the beginning of the channeling, looking through the, you know, normal questions. What's my purpose? What about my career? Blah, blah, blah. And then I see this question about, can the Pleiadians give me a message about the tachyon chamber or something like that? I'm like, Adrian, your mom's going to blow a gasket. What are you doing? So I put that at the very end, the last question. Thinking you're slipping it by? <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought maybe by that time she'd be used to hearing the channeling, you know, and maybe she'll fall asleep. Who knows? So I asked this question and literally Will's whole demeanor changed because it was the collective giving the information. All of a sudden, this huge energy came in. And I don't think at that point we'd ever um, channeled the Pleiadians directly. This huge energy comes in and all of this light language, which I'm not even sure if I primed the audience that light language might be a thing because the <laughs> questions were kind of benign. And um, so the, the light language came in and it was really powerful and it went on for, I don't know, at least five minutes. And then I asked for a translation of that and they gave that. And, and then we asked your question and it was quite powerful. Remind me what your mother's reaction to that was when you were driving home, like what the heck? Well, so mom's question was, will animals be in heaven? <laughs> and she asked me what my question was. And I was like, it's just about this therapy called tachyons. And I didn't think you were going to read everyone's question. I thought you were going to go through and just sort of like, um, you know, intuitively choose a couple. And I thought mine probably won't get chosen. But sure enough, you did. And then the answer um well, it was astonishing. It was absolutely a pivotal point of my my spiritual journey. So thank you for both of you following your intuition and doing what your guides have asked you to do, because it's, as you know, been a ripple effect for so many people that you guys have helped along the way. So as we drove home, I said, so mom, what did you think of that? And she said, I don't quite know what to think of that, but I did like the fact that there will be animals in heaven. <laughs> and um, then I said, you know, you either have to believe a, that he's totally faking or B that he's not like, which do you believe? And she's like, oh, I don't think he's faking. She goes, but what else would explain that? She goes, no, he's too nice. No, well, how do I make sense of that? And she couldn't quite reconcile it on the drive home. Oh. Right, right. I think people have to compartmentalize. It's just, it blows your mind because if you accept one thing, then you have to accept all these other things there's and they whole, just can't. You right. can't be selective. Right, there's like a whole chain of events that take place if you, if a yeah. paradigm shifts in a thought process. I mean, if, you, if you're so deadlocked into a certain thought process and something disrupts that thought process, it's a whole ripple effect downstream mm -hmm. from that. And that that becomes an awakening moment. Whether you Whether you agree to it or not, it becomes an awakening moment. Um, so yeah, I mean, there, are, I'm sure there's a lot of people that may be listening that have had a similar situation. They're very, you know, staunch in their religion and they have this pivotal moment that something happens and it, it begins a questioning point. They may shelve it, but yet the, the seal has been broken, right? It, it has been, the cap has been ripped off or whatever, however you want to look at that. And it's that pivotal moment of an awakening that just starts to daisy chain down the line. So. I want to look at it like a champagne bottle being uncorked. Okay, sure. I like that. <laughs> and Perfect. you can't put the cork nope. back in. Yeah, you can't sure put can. the cork back in. Once it's out, it's out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my dad's 80, 84 and he understands. <laughs> well, he, he knows that we channel. Mm -hmm. He knows that I wrote this book. I mean, he raised me on sci-fi books, so he likes all that kind of stuff. But I think there's even a piece that he can't reconcile. I mean, it's just overwhelming when he thinks about the magnitude of what this means for him 
And I think unless an ET ship lands in his backyard and says hello, on some level, he's just still keeping it at a distance. But I mean, you know, they're not all supposed to wake up in this right. life. They were yeah. supposed to pave the way for us to help pave the way for those young ones that are coming now to to start the new earth and whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You- so, oh, and go what, ahead, go ahead. what I was going to ask, it was going back to um, your original story about being in the tachyon chamber. And I know we're going to discuss a little bit more about what the tachyon chamber is, but you guys kind of yucked it up. So I have to ask this question because you were like, you know, I was going to tell them to turn it down. I take it that there's no, like, you don't turn something on or turn something down. It's all just energy, right? It's a portal that has been activated at this particular spot on earth. And when I talked to Dr. Joe McNamara, now his tachyon chamber was activated by a different group of people, um, still the Pleiadians. But I said, Dr. Joe, is it like, is there an on off switch or, or exactly? He goes, no, I'm not at all. It's, it's, if I ever moved this, I would need to work with, you know, my, my team to build a new portal onto that spot on earth. He goes, but you know, Waynesboro is, is along one of the ley lines. I chose this place very specifically. Oh. And I was like, ley lines, what's that? And that sent me down a whole other <laughs> Everything you said, you were probably going, and now what does that mean? Because that's what I've done with these guys with so many different things. Oh my God. That's hilarious. Okay. So why don't we take this opportunity to to show us around your tachyon chamber and describe all the components. Okay. So I'm pretty sure um, you guys guide me, but can I turn the screen around so that you're facing out? Yeah. You should be able to, maybe not. I'm not sure on Zoom. There you go. Yep. Okay. Perfect. So I'm going to show you around the room and everybody's tachyon chamber. I know a lot of people that own these in um, different parts of America and overseas is a little different, but this is the door where people would come in and it's a room inside of a home. And there is a um, person who does Reiki here. There is a person who does um, massage here and there's a reflexologist. And normally this window would be closed. And there is where we play some music. Um, And there's six different pedestals around you. And each of these pedestals has about an eight inch crystal ball in the pedestal. And really the lights are just for beauty, um, some chromotherapy. But Metatron's cube is an important part of the sacred geometry. And then I have some books and some resources over there for folks um, when they're done. But I'll share with you the the overhead piece. So they call this the double stack generator. And if a person tells me they're working on something specific like to their heart, then we may decide to set the lighting 100% on green. But I like it when it sort of scrolls through all of the different colors. And so the pyramid is made of copper and some other noble metals. The double stack generator is some selenite and other crystals. And the Metatron's cube is is featured, you know, big. And so the, um, you know, the room just all works together. I'll share one more detail. Um, I'll be this way to the light. So it's not so bright. Um, we painted the walls with this paint where we put about two packets of powdered tachyon crystal into the paint. And so the room was kind of vibrating before we moved any of this gear in here. We used a company called Tachyon Living to purchase the items to build the tachyon chamber. And the oracle there is named Holly. Holly and her husband Paris run that business. And she was the one who did about a 24 hour ritual that opened up the portal to make this an active live tachyon chamber. We could move it into a private home. She said some people have purchased tachyon chambers for their home. You just need to sort of measure on the floor to get a perfect hexagon around the chair with these six crystal pedestals and then um, have the pyramid hanging overhead. They'll make the pyramid custom to your room. If you have a really high ceiling, it could be a really big pyramid. Um, But just know that you could Google tachyon living and learn where there's pyramids and tachyon chambers across America or across the globe. And um, some people purchase them and put them in a private home and they're not open to the public. But this one is very much a gift to the community. Wow. I like how you put that. And, and I want to let you know, as you were, as you were showing around, because I've been in the chamber, I know what it is. And I've, I've had a session. 
it's almost as if I went back to the room because my whole body right now I'm talking and I feel it. I feel that, that tingling and that uh, sensation of what I felt when I was in the chamber. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's very powerful. Just like when we met a couple of weeks ago to, um, to, uh, I came to pick up my son, he was spending the night there after coming back from overseas and you gave me the, the little wands to hold. And same thing. Like I said, every time, every time I pick them up, the tips of my fingers end up just, they're like on fire. They just, it's, it's wow. really amazing. I mean, it, it, I'm, you know, I'm sensitive anyway, but something like that just amplifies it. So it's, it's very, it's very unique. It's very energizing for sure. Well, can I speak for just a moment about um, what some of the anecdotal um, feedback we've received from clients is? Absolutely. Yeah, sure. So some people come with a physical ailment and they're like, look, I have arthritis in my left knee, always have. I'm here today to get some relief and release from that. So I have had clients see success with physical ailments from like lupus, arthritis, um, diabetes, things that we can truly measure the before and the after on some scientific equipment. But what I am more, even more excited about is those that come with um, mental spiritual and emotional challenges. And so I'm a big fan of sound healing and I'm a big fan of acupuncture and Reiki and chiropractic and all these different things. And I think we in the Western world are used to seeing improvements in our diabetes or in our arthritis because of a prescription. Mm -hmm. And sometimes our mental health as well because of a prescription. But when you can use something that's drug-free like crystals or Reiki or a tachyon chamber and find relief from things that have been plaguing you. Like for me, it was persistent anxiety that felt, I mean, I can truly relate to somebody who tells me they have panic attacks and they wake up and as soon as they register that, oh wait, this is Adrian and I'm in this body and I'm in this world, the fear starts to roll into their bones like, oh, something bad is gonna happen and I'm gonna be in trouble today and, and bad things are gonna happen. Um, I, I can register with that type of anxiety. And this was the one thing that for me pulled me through that and gave me such a power, our passion for offering this as a gift to others as a path to healing. Um, I would love to see people come more frequently for stress or anxiety or overwhelm. But what I have traditionally so far seen is people who are already spiritually advanced and they're looking for more clarity, more alignment, more connection to their guides, their inner voice. Um, and those people, you know, repeat, report back great things. And they usually become a member where they come on a frequent basis, maybe once a week or maybe once or twice a month. Um, and then that's the model here. People can become a member. They can just pay and come one off or they could buy a little package of free. Or my ideal client might say, yes, I'm close and I'd like to become a member and I'd like to use this on a regular basis for my own personal, spiritual, physical, emotional, or mental wellness. Have you had clients that specifically knew they were a Pleiadian starseed? Um, because I remember that was one of the things that the Pleiadians told us during that channeling was that it was particularly helpful for A, those who are called, but also B, for those with Pleiadian lineage. So I need to come to you. <laughs> yeah. So good. No, Allison, I've heard about this, and I have like this draw that okay. is just yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely find your way up there for sure. Um, there is definitely um a handful of people who I know for certain are Pleiadians who are repeat visitors. Um, I know that that's a, a lineage that I share as well. So maybe that's why it just immediately resonated with me, and I was told you are going to be opening one of these in Charlotte. I didn't think it would be mine. I thought I would be able to talk someone into opening this. I went to all my friends that do chiropractic and massage and, hey, I got this great thing for you. And nobody was biting. And then I said to the universe, like, if it's supposed to be me, can you just make it like ridiculously easy? Like, like let the financing fall in my lap and the place it's supposed to be. And the person who's going to build the website, like let all that just line up for me. And you know what? In the space of seven days, the space that we wanted to rent, the girl who built the website, the financing all came through. And I was like, all right, universe, I'm going to I'm going to take on your challenge. This doesn't pay my bills. This is absolutely a passion project. Um, its goal is to next year it can pay its own bills. So I won't be coming out of pocket. But 
it's okay. In the meantime, I get to use it. My daughters get to use this. My friends and family um, know about this and support me. And so we're building membership one person at a time. It doesn't have to be, you know, the masses. That's fabulous. Wonderful. Uh, well, one of the other reasons that I really wanted to talk to you, Adrian, is because I'm so impressed with your ability to stay faithful, to stay trusting, to stay kind and open hearted in the midst of struggle. I mean, we know a lot of people who have gone through trauma, but some of the things that you've gone through and you can share only as much as you wish would make a strong person fall to their knees, let alone having several of them in the short time span that we've known you share, share how you, how do you do that? How do you maintain that? What advice do you have for others? And, and what would you like us to know about those struggles in your life? Thank you for the question. And Allison, truly, thank you so much for this opportunity to share, because if I can lighten the burden for somebody else, just 2%, it will be worth it. And I think people really can feel into that because everyone's gone through things and they think, well, please make this worth, you know, please make this worthwhile. Maybe I can help someone else on their journey. So one of the, I'll share about my struggles in just a minute, but one of the tools that has been useful to me is this principle of when something doesn't go our way, the thing itself is, uh, we'll call it a friction. But then when we bristle against that thing and we resist it so much, that causes the majority of our suffering. And so I think I might've learned this principle from like Thick Not Han where um, I told it to my daughters in this way. I said, imagine that a beautiful bride is getting ready on her wedding day and it's raining outside and she's upset and frustrated because she's supposed to have this beautiful outdoor wedding and it's raining. Well, she can't change that it's raining. So that accepting the what is, is the core lesson I want you girls to sort of grasp out of this, because if she just twists and turns and hates it and hates it and just gets herself into a tizzy over it, she's causing her own suffering, majority of the suffering. It's not because of the rain, it's because of how she's reacting to it. So I have tried to embrace that principle in my own life. I have recently had some professional challenges where I was really doing a great job as a fundraiser, um, hitting goals and suddenly told that um, I won't be in that role any longer. And I was very frustrated because I built a strong team. I was on track to, you know, beat and maybe will exceed. We were going for our stretch goals. And I was like, universe, what is this lesson here? What are you trying to teach me? Um, and just being that person who steps out of that struggle and observes it like a third party watching the play about the life of Adrian <laughs> unfold gives me peace. And I think those of, of you who meditate and can do that on a waking conscious basis feel that same peace of, okay, interesting plot twist. What's going to happen next? Um, and being open for the universe to dazzle me, right? Like sometimes I say, okay, source, show off today show off. I want to see your best. And, you know, I have a little bunny run across my front yard when I'm walking to the car and I'll see a rainbow as I'm driving. And, you know, a person hands me their, their cart at the Aldi grocery shopping store. And I'm like, thanks for the quarter. Um, <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> you can just ask the universe to show off and it will, but in a time in life where I wasn't sure what's my job going to be, what is my housing situation going to be? I was like selling a home and looking for a rental home and nothing was materializing. And I was like, whoa, I'm jobless. I'm homeless. I'm partnerless, which is another whole story. But I just felt such faith. Um, and it was an interesting experience. I got to say a younger Adrian would not have walked with grace and faith through all those challenges coming at one time. And I almost thought at one point in night in bed, I guess I'm honored. I guess, you know, I'm honored. Maybe the universe is throwing all of this at me at once because gosh, darn it, you can handle this. You're ready for this kind of challenge. Um, but that word resilience comes to mind again and again. And I think different days I find I find help in different tools. So for a while, it was yoga every day. Got to get up, got to do the yoga, um, meditation, 
has been a tool and you and your audience know you could have and stash your toolbox full of tools. Even if you're like, nah, crystals don't work for me. Just stash it in the back of your toolbox because one day you may hold that rose quartz to your heart and breathe into it and really feel the relief and the support and the peace that that rose quartz can offer you in that moment. So collecting tools, collecting friends, collecting wisdom, you know, your books, Allison, the notes from the animal kingdom. Um, I can't wait to read this new one that's coming out. Those are the kinds of things that I would say to another stash it all into your toolbox. And on the days that are happy and sunshine is shining, you know, awesome. You don't need to lean on those tools, but those tools will be such a lifesaver on the days when the rain, when the rains come. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Thank yes. you for sharing that. It's, yeah. um, Love that. <clears throat> I really like the, the quote from Garth Brooks too. uh, thank God for unanswered prayers, mm. because, you know, if you look at a setback as an opportunity, and as Suzanne Giesman likes to say, just say something like, isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. And don't automatically judge it as good or bad, then you don't know what's around the corner. So as you know, and as many people during COVID found out when they were let go of their job or they were laid off or something happened or whatever, that there was something even better that they might not have pursued because they were comfortable. So unless you're pushed out of your comfort zone, a lot of times we just stand by the status quo. Mm -hmm. And like Garth Brooks talks about, you know, sometimes it's better that you didn't get what you asked for because you're going to get something, you know, even greater. Mm -hmm. I like, I like Bashar's way of looking at it. Cause he's, he's always like, you know, when contrast happens, it's like, how is this going to benefit me? Mm -hmm. Hmm. You know? And so it's that, you know, interesting kind of thing. But you know that they're, you're looking, you're already anticipating the excitement of the positive, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, everything is just exciting. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that's a beautiful, um, have you guys shared with your listeners, the story of the Taoist farmer? No. A quick it's going like this. You recognize it. So the farmer um, has a horse run away and the neighbors come over and say, oh, so sad. So sad. Your horse ran away. He goes, maybe, maybe not. Well, the horse comes back and it brings another mare with him. And so they're like, oh, it's so happy. You've got a new horse, you know, so good, so good. And he's like, maybe, maybe not. Well, the next day, his son is out riding that new mare, trying to break her. And uh, he gets thrown from the horse and breaks his leg. Oh, so sad. That's terrible. Farmer says, maybe, maybe not. And then the next day, some officers from the army come by. They're conscripting local, you know, locals from the village to come and serve in the army. And the boy can't go because his leg is broken. And of course, the neighbors say, so good for you. Maybe, maybe not. He doesn't judge each thing. He just lets things happen, lets them unfold. And he almost sort of has that detached Buddhist uh, observation on it that I love. Yeah. That's a perfect example. Yeah, That's perfect. I love that. Yeah. I think, um, weren't you telling me about getting back to the tachyon chamber for a moment? Mm -hmm. Tachyons are a thing in sci-fi. Yes. And... Oh it, yeah. It, they're, they're brought up in quite a bit of sci-fi movies and sci-fi things, um, tachyon particles and different things. I, I can't remember what I was just watching and I don't know if it's interstellar or if it's another movie, but they talked about tachyon particles and how um, they were used to open up portals to go into the future or go into the past. And it was opening these portals or these pathways. So there is a lot of reference to tachyon particles and tachyon energy that have been interspersed throughout different sci-fi movies. So, hmm. you know, even for the, maybe the, 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 the slight skeptic, well, go watch some of the sci-fi movies. You'll, you'll see that it is it. And it is actually an actual particle. I mean, it isn't, it isn't just made up name. It actually exists. A tachyon particle actually exists. And but the 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 lineage to the um, Palladians and the and the Palladian energy is is now how it's being referenced and how it actually where it actually has begun. So, and did we? I again, I'm the, the channel, so I don't remember. Did <laughs> did we? Uh, did that come up at all with the Palladians when we talked to them for the book? The tachyon. Oh, I think I did ask the Pleiadians. Yes, yes. There is a section in the Pleiadian chapter of the new book, The Origin Story, which we now added to our stack. 
Although this is an author copy proof, so don't mind the big white thing in the middle. <laughs> they're, they're coming any minute. They're in, in the, the mail. mail. Right. Right. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, and when people say just very basic, hey, what is what is tachyon? What's a tachyon? Um, I refer to the science definition, which is tachyon is a particle that's subatomic mm -hmm. and travels faster than the speed of light. And then they're like, but I thought that wasn't possible. Like, isn't that hypothetical? And so some quantum physicists would say it is still hypothetical and other quantum physicists would say no it's proven we've been able to recognize tachyon um in this experiment in this experiment in this experiment um so it depends on who you're talking to if tachyons exist or not i know you know experientially yes they exist um and they are i'm sure have a million purposes i'm not exactly sure um you know all the different uses and all the different um benefits that they can provide, but zero point energy has been something I've heard, heard talked about with tachyon, as well as um, it having, because it's traveling faster than the speed of light, um, anti-aging effects. And, you know, I'm 108 years old, so I, I guess. <laughs> You're a walking <laughs> well billboard. Done. Love it. I'm, I'll be up there tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be in it for the next seven days, so don't book it. So you know, exactly, just, just gonna sleep, gonna in, sleep in here. Right. Exactly, but you know, there's a lot of things that I want people to try. Like my whole team, I've got three different tachyon. Um, we call them chamber guides, and myself and the three guides, we are all four of us going to go visit our friends who own a Scalar Health Enhancement Center, an S C A L A R Scalar. Is, um, is done kind of along the lines of what a Rife machine will do, R-I-F-E, and they're all just different ways to optimize our physical 3D experience and help give us opportunities to thin the veil and experience what does living in 5D feel like. And so I think whatever works for people, if it's, you know, if it's ayahuasca or if it's uh, meditation or if it's Reiki, I really want them to find what works for them. I know this won't be the, the, the perfect solution for every person. I would love for people to dip their toe in the water and give it a try. I think about three to four sessions is the right number to know for certain if this is something that really benefits you. But in my dream life, in my intuition, and in my physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional health, it has been a huge difference maker for me. So it's an honor to offer it. Um, people might be curious what it costs. A 45-minute session is $111. And then because they're listeners of your show and they, they found out about it because of this um, podcast, I would love to offer them a special promo code. And what should we make it, you guys? What's a, what's a word that really could reference... Maybe tacky, or <laughs> or just—I mean, you can like the lotus, the the, the um palmetto palm and lotus. I mean, they can do that, or like, or out on a limb. We, if you want to just have it out on no, the limb, yeah, we don't want to use the just the o o t l l oodle oodle, oodle. <laughs> our our initials, yeah, yeah, o o a yeah. I love the idea of just palm, you know, P-A-L-M. There's not a lot of ways to misspell that, you know, and we'll make a promo code for just y'all and it'll be palm 30, P-A-L-M 30. Cool. And that'll let folks be able to experience this for 30% off if cool. they use that promo code when booking. Perfect. That is exciting. That'll be Thank exciting. you. Fantastic. And, and wanted to, I wanted to, uh, I had a thought. Now it's all gone. Thanks. <laughs> That's what happens when you get old. Um, <laughs> You need the tachyon chamber. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was about the tachyon <laughs> chamber. Oh, oh, that's what it was. So, uh, my my, I wanted to kind of just you know express express about my my session with it, and I'll I'll equate it to, um, I don't know if anybody in our listening audience or even you, Adrian, if you've experienced it or maybe Samantha, but a um, a float chamber, uh, a deprivation float chamber, right, in Epsom salts and all that. Um, when you do that the first time, it is. It, it takes more than one session, right? Because you have to get acclimated to how it feels to just be completely neutrally buoyant where you're just floating on the edge of the water and all that stuff. And it's, it's so it's uncomfortable at first. So you don't get the full experience of the full session. 
similar, you know, I mean, so of course my active mind is laying there and I'm looking around at all the lights and all the fancy stuff. I'm trying to figure out how it's all made and all that stuff. So my active mind is there. So of course my session is, you know, a little truncated, but once I, once I just released from that, then I got it. So, you know, I did feel it, but I would definitely say, yeah, more than one session is definitely the way to go because the next session, you know, everything you don't have to think about anymore and you can just go right into the session and really take the full benefit of it for sure. Yeah. Well, and we have a new chair since you and Allison have visited. And so this, thank you to Ken McHugh. He drove all the way from Missouri to bring us this Soma, um, what is it called? Soma therapy. It's a wow. chair that hundred percent back. So it's zero uh, gravity chair. Your knees are above your heart. Mm. And then inside the chair is speakers and the chair actually vibrates to the music. And so that's why we have a, a unique, you know, music experience. Some people still like the old school and they'll put on these noise canceling headphones and they'll play something right off of their own phone or from our collection. But if you want the whole chair to vibrate in the same frequency as what you're listening to, whether it be tranquility or, you know, whether it be um, just peace, some, some of the different CDs are really beautifully done. Um, the whole chair has like a transponder in it that vibrates according to I exactly have, have the chair for myself. There's wow. That sounds phenomenal. <laughs> you gotta come back. You gotta come back. It's thanks to Ken, it's an upgraded experience. Cool. So before we go, Adrian, because I want to be mindful of your time, but I'm curious. A lot of the things that we talk about on our podcast, especially for newbies, is how to live your authentic self mm. without feeling fearful of talking to somebody about who you really are and being true out in the, in the world. How, how do you do that? Like, what do you say to your Baptist mom or, or her friends or some other people that might be still um, coming from that religious paradigm? And how do you express your authentic self? Such a good question and such a wonderful topic to always explore. So I remember um, my dad was good at doing this, always kind of when people pose a question, he would try to get a sense of what's the context of this question. And, um, and it reminds me of a neighbor, you know, when the daughter asked the mom, mom, why are babies so small? Like, why do the people come out so little? And she said, um, I don't know, Samantha, the little girl was Samantha. I don't know, Samantha, wh why do you think they're so small? And she goes, hmm, I guess they're so small so they can fit in those cute little clothes you bought for them. <laughs> Very good. And so I try to gain a, an understanding of where that person's coming from with a counter question because I don't want to be um, that person. I think there's people that are whose role is really meant to be provocative and probing and pushing people into awakening. And I know for certain that my role is meant to be more of a bridge between where they are today and where they could be, but a gentle bridge that just doesn't bl you know, blast them out with like, you know, you've had multiple lives, you know, there's more than just humanity. Like there's, there's a lot of other species and um, when they're not ready for it, I feel like they'll, sh they'll close their ears and they'll close their eyes and just, you'll never get through to them. So I try to let my intuition guide me to what's that gentle next step for this particular person. And so in a crowd, you can't do that one-on-one. -on -one. You're speaking to a group and I'm in the middle of the Bible Belt. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I start in very safe territory and I might introduce one or two challenging topics. I don't feel like that's not me being my authentic self. And instead, I feel like that's me being my optimal self where I'm introducing things in a slow, gentle way to allow people to progress at their own pace. Lovely, perfect yes. answer. Yes, that that is, was I amazing. <laughs> I think that gives a lot of us food for thought. Because yeah. <laughs> sometimes I do feel like I'm that rebel, that bull in a china shop. That <laughs> I was, as you were mentioning you it, I wanted to turn to Allison like, hmm, I think I know someone like oh, that. Really? <laughs> really? I, I tend to have diary of the mouth when, because I, if, I love this stuff. If, if, if we run across someone and they... Like matter of fact, last night here up in the treehouse, we we hosted an event up here for the the local community college um, massage therapist class, where we were just talking about energy and just what energy is and how That's they cool. sense energy and all that stuff. And one of the young ladies in the class mentioned UFOs, and I looked at Allison and her face went, boom, boom. "Okay, I got to talk to her after class, right?" So it's like, <laughs> so I, yeah, it's it, and and. 
for myself, I, I, I go back to my law enforcement training and it is that active listening and just really picking up. And I call it my tactical listening because I pick up on the little nuances of really kind of where they're at. And I can then restructure what I know into where they're at. Right. So it's, it's, for me, it's a tactical response of how to have a, have a, have a conversation. That's just how I've always looked at things. If just you know, knowing, yeah. knowing my limits of where to talk. So, and I do consider myself a bridge, but I just get so excited about this stuff because I want everybody to have the experiences and the mm. joy that I've had. And so sometimes I, I do say too much. So I think it was important what you said, Adrian, about listening to the question really deeply mm-hmm. and what is it that they really want to know? Because you might have a long winded answer and that's not at all what they were looking for. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. I think that during readings too, because people will say, well, what happens? You know, they're there to talk to a loved one and they'll sit there and go, well, what happens when they cross over? And it's like, okay, yeah. you know, <laughs> like you have to gauge where's the person at, yep. because there's so many different levels. And to me, that was very challenging in the beginning to sit there and gauge where someone yeah. was at and probe those questions. And now it's much more natural. And I don't feel, even though I'm super excited, I, you guys are my outlet to like go blah, about everything. <laughs> right. So I think if you find an outlet, then you can be yeah. more moderate when you, you know, very, I, I'm like Alice point. in Wonderland. How far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'd like to take this opportunity to say thank you to all three of you for being the hosts of Out on a Limb and doing the work that you're doing. It is so important in this time. I really feel like we're on an accelerated timeline. And you guys have devoted so much of your talent and your time and your treasure into providing educational opportunities and group events and healing. And Allison and Will, I'm definitely going to do my Reiki 3 training with you guys. And um, just the things that you offer to the public is such a gift. It's been a gift to my life and so many others. So I just want to thank you, all of you, for doing that. Thank you. Thank you for saying so, Adrian. We appreciate (laughs) that. And how can people find you and the Tachyon Chamber up in Charlotte? So the way to find the website for this amazing business is to Google Torchbearer Tachyon. And the word Torchbearer is all one word, T-O-R-C-H-B-E-A-R-E-R. And then Tachyon is T-A-C-H-Y-O-N. But even if you don't use the word Torchbearer, just Google Tachyon and you'll find something hopefully in your own local community. But we are in Cornelius, North Carolina. And that's up by Lake Norman, the north side of the city of Charlotte, North Carolina. And we would definitely welcome an in-person visit or we actually have retail like Tachyon product that we can mail to you at your home. Oh, beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Adrian. It's been such a pleasure. And thank you to our lovely audience for spending your last hour with us. Mm -hmm. Uh, We greatly appreciate it. Share, like, hit the notification bell if you want, and we will see you next time. See you guys. Thank you.